What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday so far. Hope your weekend's been relaxing. Hope you're spending time with loved ones, enjoying yourself, keeping yourself busy and productive during this current pandemic, this current period in the world where everything is kind of on pause. As always, I think you guys know me. You can either look at it in a positive light or a negative light. You know, I'm looking at it in a positive way. This is a time to improve yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, educationally. In every aspect, you can improve yourself. And that's why I'm glad you're tuning in to the 48th podcast with Jacob Bushu of the Footballer's Journey. Jacob is originally from Chicago, Illinois, 27-year-old center midfielder who's currently playing in Finland. He had a really good college career in Indiana, played a little bit of time in the U.S. before making the journey over to Finland at age 24. He started in the third league in Finland, played his way up to the second league, and he's now playing in the first league after being promoted last year. As you guys will hear from this podcast, this guy's a top professional, really takes care of himself, takes care of the business on and off the field, and you know why he's at the top right now in Finland, and he's going to continue to push up the ladder in football. Take a listen to this conversation, and I'll see you guys at the end. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Good. Finally got it working. Yeah, no kidding. For sure, man. So, uh, yeah, if you could just introduce yourself. I'm happy you came on the podcast. Glad you took your time. It'd be definitely good to hear your journey, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, my name's Jacob Bushu. I'm from Champaign, Illinois. That's about two hours south of Chicago for anybody who's familiar with that area. Um, I went to Indiana University after high school for four seasons, or for four years. Um, after that, I had a year where I didn't play, um, figuring things out, and then spent two seasons at St. Louis FC. After that, I made the jump over to Europe, and I've been in Finland now. This will be my fourth year. I started out in the BA46, then played in the second tier with AFE. Then after that, went stayed in the second tier with the new team, Haka, and then we promoted this season, and now we'll be in the top flight in the Fakos Liga. Wow, that's awesome, my man. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's always great to hear, you know, the making a jump up the leagues and um, seeing kind of, you know, the difference between the leagues. And then I'm sure just having that grit and that work ethic and that, you know, hard work behind you to, to make the jump up. Yeah, I mean, that was that was that was the big thing why I wanted to make the move in the first place is because I felt like when I was in when I was in the USL in St. Louis, I it felt very, very stagnant, like. I didn't feel like there was much much room for me to go up. So I figured, you know, I wanted to make a move over to Europe where there is maybe a little more more mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, I went over and 
to be honest, I was expecting to start out at a at a better level, but you know, sometimes you just have to get your foot in the door at a place and then sure. then it's up to you to play well. And you can either you can either take it as a time to to relax or to really improve yourself and prove yourself uh to everybody else and that's kind of how I did it. and I had you know I had a good season my first year there and got to move up and then I mean things have just progressed since then mm-hmm. and it really it has been awesome where it hasn't been it hasn't been like someone handed me something mm-hmm. or like someone offered me a contract it was like I've, I fucking worked my ass off to to get to this point for sure and it felt felt amazing when it finally was that promotion to get to the top league, which is why I came over here in the first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how old are you now? I'm 27 right now. Cool. So you went over to Finland at uh, 24? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 24 was my, was my first year over in Finland, which that is, that is a bit later than when some people go at it. And I feel like some people think that by that point you're almost older and you're done progressing, but I really don't like when people when people say that. I think that's a sure. I think that's kind of a loser. I think that's such a loser mentality almost. Where I can tell from the years that I've spent over here, I've gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, bounds. So I don't think there's ever a time where you can stop improving. Absolutely no. I mean, I think two two points there. I mean, the first point I want to cover is what I really like is, like you said, you know. Um, you came over from, you know, you played at a top university in Indiana. You played uh, two years at St. Louis in the U- uh, USL and good facilities, um, quote, more professional uh, environment. And then you come over to Sweden and, you know, you probably thought you were going to go to a uh, higher club, like you said. But just having that um, that humility and, and not letting your ego get to you, I'm, I'm sure, is one of the key factors of why you are where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, I mean, there's so much with, uh, with the past, with, with the things I kind of, I went through of not having things that I think made it, made the thing so much easier because, you know, like so many careers, it's not, it's not just an, like the way I described it to you, it almost sounds like it's just straight up an upward climb, but it's just, it wasn't even close to that. Um, you know, after, after college, I was, I was invited to the MLS Combine, and I was expecting, you know, I was a four-year starter at Indiana, won a national championship. I was a captain. Wow. I was expecting, I was expecting big things, and you know, I hired, I had a pretty big agent, and mm-hmm. I had people telling me I would be either a second or a first-round pick in the draft, and then the draft kind of comes and goes, and I don't even get picked in the supplemental draft, and it was just like, what is, what is wow. going on? Yeah, and then, uh, you know, as that. And then I couldn't even get – it was very strange. I couldn't even get a trial in the USL or NASL. And my agent wasn't getting me over to Europe for, for whatever reason. Um, so then I went, I went that season without having anything, you know, and it was so, it was so hard. And it, mm-hmm. was, and it was time to reflect on, like, what's, in, what's important and how much do I want this and things like that. And at that point, it was just I would have taken anything. So then mm-hmm. – St. Louis, I mean, even just being able to train, I was just so happy. Just so happy. And then, you know, um, St. Louis has had his ups and downs, too. I was the first season, you know, I had a very, very good season. I earned a spot and then was starting. And then 
going into my second year, I was really expecting a big jump for me, big jump in my career. Um, I was playing well. I was going to be a starter. And then, you know, you kind of, I kind of fell out of favor with the coach for, for whatever reasons. And mm-hmm. maybe I don't, maybe I don't agree with him, but the thing is I, I let it, I let it get to my head and constantly thinking, you know, why was I, uh, why was I not starting? Why was, why are these players playing ahead of me? And it, it made, it made me, it made me worse in trainings and in games and things like that. And then after that, it was time to, it was time to move on. And I was going, I knew I needed to switch clubs and everything, but I thought it would be, I thought it'd be a quick transition, but come late March, early April, I was still unsigned. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was staying with my girlfriend at the time's parents, just like wow. staying in their, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like staying, staying in their basement. Cause they lived, uh, they lived where my college was. So I was able to train there, but I remember getting a call from my, from my agent. He was like, yeah, like these teams, they're just not, I don't know what the deal is. They're just not taking you. And these are teams in the third tier in Finland, fourth tier in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And I am just like, I remember absolutely breaking down and just mm. crying in there in the basement being like, man, is this happening to me again? Mm. Like, is this, I can't believe this is happening. And then, Within two three weeks, you know, I get I get one trial over in in Sweden in the fourth year, and I go there, and that's kind of where I got the ball rolling. Um, mm. You know, I was I was offered a contract there, but I didn't exactly like the situation. Mm-hmm. And my agent, when I told him that I was offered a contract, he was like, "Hey, well, before you sign, there's a there's another team in Finland that will bring you in." because you're already over here, they'll check you out and all those things. And I was like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where the journey with Finland came in. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. just because I was, I was without things for so long and I wanted things so bad, I was just – I was ready for anything, um, mm-hmm. anything to improve myself. For sure. No, I think, um, you know, you sharing those ups and downs or, you know, this, that's one of the main reasons I have this podcast, you know, because – they can go, you know, they can see that you're playing top league in Finland right now and um, think, you know, it was a smooth journey. But being able to share these moments with with people, I think, is a real, first of all, it's a wake up call and it's a sign for hope. And um, there's always things that, that will come better in the future if you put your head down, grind and you keep working. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's that's spot on. And I think it's it really it it is it's all about work and it's doing it's doing the right things it's not you know i think i think eventually if you continue to do the right things eventually things work out and they may not work sure. out the way you plan them but eventually eventually things start working out for you mhm absolutely no and for me i think you know i think one thing that a lot of players don't see is the emotional and the mental side of the game, which I, and I'm sure you can agree, I think is the most important because you can be, you know, you can be a top player, a top guy, but if you let moments, um, you know, whether it be the smallest thing, a mistake in a game, a mispass, a misdribble, if you let those get you down and you don't um, just think about the next action and the next positive thing you can do, you know, you can completely ruin your career. And then I think, you know, football is such a great, game to teach you about life because i feel like it's the same thing you know once your career is over 
Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. The mental, the mental side is just absolutely so huge, and I've learned that that's one of the biggest things that I've figured out in these in these through through these what five five six years now of playing. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I, where I talked to you about when I was in St. Louis, where I'm not playing and I get down on myself and I start almost blaming other people. And by being down and always thinking about what the past was and the mistakes I've made, it made it made my present moment and my future it made it bad. Where now I've learned, you know, if if something happens, if I if I get subbed out, if I don't play, if I make a bad pass or whatever, mm-hmm. th- thinking thinking about those things does absolutely nothing. It helps nobody. For sure. Now it's just how do I affect my next moment? How do I execute this next pass? And then if I, absolutely. If I keep building one pass at a time, one action at a time, eventually it leads to a big, big, great picture. For sure. No, that's – that's awesome that you said that because I think about that uh, very often. Like whether it be um, whether it be you're thinking about your whole year or your quote five year plan or whatever it is. I think the best thing to do, just like you said, referring to football and referring to to things about training, is like why don't you just focus on today? What can you do today to make yourself better? You know, how, how are you feeling today? What do you need to work on today to take your game to the next level? And, um, yeah, I think it's the same thing, especially with football. Like, for example, if you know, take a striker, simple example, like, you know, he, he doesn't do anything the whole, the whole game, has a couple bad passes, yeah. uh, isn't, isn't running, isn't pressing. But, you know, in the 85th minute, he scores a goal <laughs> and the team comes away. They win 1-0. No one's going to think about those no, no. Those missed passes and, and not pressing, they're going to think, oh, man, this guy scored the game winner. Yeah, legend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I mean, but it, it, it's so it, – man, it is so true. And that was like uh, – that was when I, when, I, when I came over to Finland, you know, it was – so, you know, I'm starting, in the, I'm starting in the third tier. And it was mm-hmm. – I knew I really, really – I wanted to get to the first tier, and that was my goal. That's why I came over here. And I was, mm-hmm. I remember sitting in there and I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to get to the, uh, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get there? And then it was just like, it kind of clicked for me where it was like, Hey, don't wait, don't worry about what can happen next year or years down the road. You take care of today. And then mm-hmm. eventually if you keep taking care of today, of you know, one good day leads to another one, leads to another one. And eventually you've put together a good week. Then you've put together a good month, and then mm-hmm. you keep doing the other good months. All of a sudden, you have a great year. So it's kind of sure, you, know, you take of what you can today, and you try to improve every single day, and you just you just do your best. And if you do your best and you do the right things, things will work out. Absolutely, man. No, so well said, man. And yeah, I just think about it all the time. Just how good positive things they just compound at an exponential yes. rate. Um, but yeah, taking, taking yourself back and taking the listeners back kind of like to the, the days, um, you know, when you thought, you know, you're going to be a top pick, what did, you know, what were the emotions going through your head when you kind of took that year off? Uh, like you were saying, you know, what, what were you doing to keep yourself motivated in in the game? Because like you said, those are the tough times. And I think, like we even said, you know, it's the same thing with a career. It's a compound effect. Like, okay, you could have just, you know, 
after a couple of weeks, you could have hung up the boots and then, you know, you, nothing would have happened with your career. You could have been done, but you put your head down and you clearly got through it. But what were some of the things you were thinking and how did you kind of get through those, those tough times? Yeah. I mean, it was a tough, uh, man, it was a good tough, I would say 18 months. Cause it was, it wasn't wow. just the, uh, that year. Cause it was, so, you know, my junior year was when we won, when we won the national championship. Um, mm-hmm. And then we re- we ended up we were returning I think it was like eight starters, and then but we're also adding like Tommy Thompson who plays for San Jose, mm-hmm. his brother Tanner who was a three time All American like all the and Dylan Mares who's an unbelievable professional right now. We add these players in the next year and we're the uh, preseason number one team in the country and we're expecting just roll teams essentially, and we just I don't know <laughs> we just blew it man. We we, yeah. we had this terrible season. Um, we had to win the Big Ten tournament to make the NCAA tournament, which at Indiana, it's a, it was a really big deal. So it was really tough dealing mentally with, like, honestly, with the first time in my life where I'm on a, a losing team, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm all, I'm all mentally, you know, and looking back on it, like I was, I was pretty mentally weak, um, honestly, and I wasn't dealing with the situation very well. But, you know, I was already kind of mentally fried from that. And then I go in and then I start dealing with the with the situation of not playing for a year where I couldn't get on a team. And, you know, it hits March, April. And at that point, it was like, yeah, dude, you're not getting on a team. <laughs> like it was, mm-hmm. it was finally like that finally set in. And I was just so upset and I was just so in a. And I just could like it was just such a it was such a tough time. But um, luckily, I had a good I had a good support system around me. My coaches in college loved me. So they were letting me stay, stay around the team and kind of use the facilities and train and things like that. And, uh, you know, I've always I've been coaching since I was 19. So then I was like, OK, I'm going to find a local club to coach and then that way you know I can I think coaching is such a good way for you to learn about the game and learn about yourself because if you can explain it to someone then you then you really know it Mm -hmm. the way I view it for sure so um so I did some coaching that earned money but then I was always around the the team and the facilities and I was training and training and just waiting for anything to pop up and then St. Louis FC they were start like they were they were going to be a new franchise in the next season, and mm-hmm. they they kind of got in contact with me and said they were like, yeah, we'll bring you in for the invite trial in October. And then I was like, all right, hell yeah, I'll just gear up, all eyes focused on on October, and I'm just gonna kill that trial. And basically, then it was just staying in shape and doing the best I could because even though like you can do as much individual training and those things but it's hard to replicate uh, being with a team and all those things so but I was just doing the best I could and then I showed up to the trial and I you know I played well and I earned a contract but it was all just it was just staying staying as focused as I could on the on the task at hand and just trying to you know just keep improving and understanding the areas where I, where I messed up in the past and the things I can get better and just accepting those things and then improving from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So what were you doing, you know, in terms taking care in terms of training to keep yourself going? Yeah. Um, so I would so let's see, at the very beginning, the coaches were actually letting me train with the team like two times a week. And then I would go into the to the weight room and I would do a lot of fitness and things like that on my own. And then outside of that, um, you know, I would go to the I would go to the field, the the practice field or the indoor and just work on a lot of my technique because that's where I think I needed a lot of improvement was like, you know, just being better at my passing and a lot of my technique and things like that. Um, And I was just spending hours and hours and hours and just really trying to improve myself in that area because I knew that I knew that I had a lot of other great strengths that if I just fixed up some of these things, some of these, some of these areas that it would make my game so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely understood. So, so basically after, so like you said, you you spent two years at St. Louis Mm -hmm. and then um, like you said, you know, you were trying to look for another team in, in the USL and you know, this thing popped up in Sweden were you, like you said, you know, you took the opportunity right away. Did you double think it at all? Or did you just say, you know, let, let me take this <laughs> and, and see, see what happens. So, so it went like, uh, I went, I moved, I moved back home. So I was, so I was at my ex-girlfriend's place then. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, I think this is late March. It, it might've, it might've creeped into April at this point. But so then me and my girlfriend break up. So now, so now I'm without a team. I'm without a girlfriend. <laughs> and so now I'm like, all right, I got to I got to go back home. So, I go, so I'm back home and my mom's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to go on. So, That's the worst question from the parents. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, they're so, like, she's, they're so supportive. It wasn't like a, uh what are you going to do? Are you going to get a job? It was like, yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. how. But so I'm back there. And then like within two, three days or something like that, um, my agent calls me and he's like, Hey, this, this team wants to, they'll bring you in on trial. I was like, okay, I'm buying a ticket right now. And just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You know, like within like an hour and then within like, my my mom wasn't sure if I was ever actually going to go to Europe or not. So then it was like, hey, mom, I'm leaving for Sweden in like uh, three, four days. Can you help me pack? And she was like, geez, uh, yeah, I guess. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. Wow. So how long were you in Sweden? So I was only there for like for a, a week, 10 days, because it was, you know, the, you mm-hmm. know, the club Nordvarmlands. Uh, Michael Cos yeah, yeah, okay. was there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of. I went there and I showed up in the town had like 200 people in it. <laughs> this is, this is, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rip on the club at all. Cause it was amazing to get me over there and all that stuff. And the people were great and everything, but yeah, so I was, I was there and trained for maybe five days and then played a, we played a friendly game, which was like the test match for me basically. And Right afterwards, they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna offer you a contract," and I was, I was like, super pumped. Even though it wasn't an ideal, mm-hmm. ideal situation for me, I called my agent. And I was like, "Finally, like, it's time. We're gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be able to sign, and hopefully from here I can start moving up and all these things." 
And then he was like, hey, well, this team in, team in Finland wants to bring you in. The thing is that they're, uh, they're in the third tier, but that would actually be – you'd be able to get a professional contract, so then you could get a work permit. Where in Sweden, wow. um, in the fourth tier, at least at that time, you could not get a work permit. So then there were mm-hmm. stories of people like having to go back mid-season and things like that. Um, so then I knew – and basically, it was, they, they weren't offering me a contract in Finland, so it was a risk. Um, but I, just, I asked my mm-hmm. agent, I was like, all right, am I going to make this team? And he was like, well, yeah, if you, just, if you, if you go and play well, you're gonna, you'll make it, you'll be fine. And then, mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, screw it, let's do it, and just packed my bags. And then I was off to, off to Finland, and I got it. Man, I must have had like maybe like 50, 100 bucks left in my bank account when I paid that ticket. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, yeah it was Bar- yeah that was a tough one so then paid that and got to finland and um trained there for a week played in the game and then immediately after that they they offered me a contract and then that's where that's where it all began and i was lucky to lucky to end up at that club awesome man. so what city is that in? so the so the town i was in was uh cardia or cari Okay, um, and it's a it's a small town. It's Swedish speaking, and it was mm-hmm. actually you know when it when it first when it I first went there, you know I signed and you know part of it is that they they have to house me and things like that. So the housing, the way they had mm-hmm. the situation set up was they had a they had a sponsorship from a language school. So they so oh, they wow. housed me in this language school, which um, at first I was I was like, <laughs> what is going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was like, uh, but then after like a week, I was like, actually, this is this is pretty sick because it was, it was three meals a day, um, and then there was people from all over the world that I was that I was wow. living with. You know, people from, you know, I would eat breakfast with this guy from Afghanistan every single day. Um, wow. There were people from all over Africa, all over Europe, all these things. So I would always just, you know, being from America, especially the Midwest, like you don't meet many people that are actually from another country. You're dealing with a lot of just Americans, you know, Italian, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, so it was mm-hmm. a good, America. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, so it was a good experience to be able to actually meet all these people and learn all these stories. And it's like, damn, like if I've ever thought I had it rough where I didn't get put on a team, mm-hmm. like these guys have had it rough. Um, For yeah, sure. so it, was, it was, it was a good experience, man. Yeah, so so were you learning Swedish? <laughs> they had me, uh, they had me in Finnish classes, which if you know anything about the Finnish oh, language, is wow. like, oh Jesus my Christ, God. I don't know what the hell these guys were thinking when they made this language up. <laughs> it is yeah, man, absolutely. So I didn't, you know, I can learn enough for like party tricks back home, but that is, I can't hold a conversation. Yeah, well, the the unbelievable thing about Scandinavia is how well they all speak oh, English, you know, and the fact that they want to speak English. It is. It's incredible. It's it, that. That's the thing that's made it one of the reasons why I wanted to go over to Scandinavia was because I knew that I knew mm-hmm. they spoke English and I knew that. Yeah. Sure. So it, so it's it, that's made it a lot easier for me as well. Yeah, and the thing is, they want to speak yes. English. You know, some other countries in Europe they can speak English, but they don't. Yeah, want to I've had them. I've had friends that play over in that played over in Germany where they'll say even their team like know for how sure. to speak English, but they won't speak English. Exactly. Too. Yeah, it's that superiority complex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, man. So if, I think it'll be interesting if you could kind of take us through um, a day in the life in the third league, the second league and the first league, you know, kind of like, you know, just a, a little rundown mm-hmm. how it all differed and, you know, some extra things you would do, especially when you were, you know, I, I like looking at, you know, especially the third league times, what type of things you were doing. Cause like you said, you know, you were sitting there in the locker room thinking about how to get to the next level, but then you started thinking, you know, let's start taking it day by day. I yeah. think it's really interesting to see, you know, what you were doing. Yeah. So, so in the, the third league, it was, you know, we had a, we would obviously have the game on the weekend on Saturday, but then we would train as a team um, it started off as three days a week, but eventually it became mm-hmm. two. And even wow. at that, like you only had a handful of like professionals on the team. So you would, I would go up to practice sometimes mm-hmm. and you know, there would be people just wouldn't show up and there'd be no notice. So sometimes you'd have like five people <laughs> at practice. And so, wow. so I remember I would like sit there and I would, you know, I would get really mad for a second. And I'd be like, okay, you can't control that. So now you, mm-hmm. so then it started becoming, okay. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get my benefit from, from the team trainings. And that's just, that was, I can either be upset about that or can I just accept that as a fact and do something different? So I was like, okay, and accept mm-hmm. that. So now I'm just going to really hone in on my technical skills because I can do that on my own. So essentially I would just show up to training usually like an hour and a half early with another one of my teammates, maybe two other eventually, and then just hammer technique, you know, all kinds of different turning, mm-hmm. um, simple passes, dribbling, um, anything we can think of. And, you know, looking back, maybe some of the, maybe some of the drills weren't the best, but they, they, they helped. They helped a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So then let's say trainings were Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Tuesday and Thursday as well, me and my guy that I was staying with at that at the language school, we would go to the gym and we would, again, we would just hammer technique just because it was a small area, but it would all just be super, mm-hmm. super tight, um, different dribbling, different passing, different things like that. Um, and then, you know, a couple, a couple of days a week, because we did have a, we had a gym there, we would, we would, you know, work out, we would do those kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, in that year, you know, maybe, maybe I didn't learn a lot about, um, tactics and things like that, but my, my technique improved so much in that, in that season that I don't think, I know it's weird, but I think even if I played in the, in the second tier, I don't think I would be as good as I am right now without that year of just pure Mm-hmm. Yes, getting a lot of playing time, but also just pounding technique and getting my technical side a lot better. Um, for sure. No, I think that's that's a key point to for especially a lot of the guys listening. Like you said clearly, like some things you can't control. Uh, sometimes you get unlucky, and you know, like you said, five guys show up to training, but instead of you know dwelling on it and and you know saying why me it's better to just do what you did, you know, take it upon yourself and take responsibility for your own development and just yeah, get exactly. it done. And that's obviously exactly. what you did. So then, so then after the, you know, we actually, we almost got promoted. It was really close, but it was, it was a really funny situation because the club was really poor. So when we were about to get promoted, mm-hmm. 
the club basically came out and told us that uh, if we get promoted, that they're just not taking it. <laughs> yeah. So that's really? Wow. A lot of motivation. That was a stinger for me. But so then, yeah. you know, the season ends. We did really well. I played really well. Um, I call mm-hmm. my – and I knew of a club that was in the second tier that was like a, 10 minutes away. It was the rival club. And I call my agent, and I'm like – because um, because the, the third tier ends before the second tier, there's like a maybe almost a month. So mm-hmm. I was so I call my agent. I'm like, hey, can you contact this club and see if I can train with them? And he was like, yeah, I'm sure that could happen. So then calls that club, Ave, where I actually eventually end up playing. So then mm-hmm. I go and I train with them for two three weeks. I I play well when I'm there. Um, do my thing. And then I didn't earn a contract then, but eventually I get invited back to preseason the next year. Um, and then during preseason is when I earned my contract at eighth, second tier. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Which that was, it's actually a pretty, pretty funny story because when I'm back home, I had to decide if I was going to go to preseason with eighth or with Haka, where I'm at now. Okay. So I wow. decided I was like, yeah, I want to go to Haka, and so is trying to get mm-hmm. a hold of because they offered me to go there, and now he's trying to get a hold of them, and the chairman will not return his phone calls, and there's all these like the cut, there's all this weird stuff going on. And eventually, I was like, well, I can't, I can't like keep holding. Screw it, let's just go to Ave, which was like the mm-hmm. biggest. Uh, again, it was like we sometimes weird things happen, but sometimes. Sure. For some reason, it worked out for the best, and it really did work out for the best. Because then I go to, I go to AFE, and it's a way more professional club. You know, you're training. Now I'm actually training the standard amount of times you you're supposed to. You know, I have a nice, I have a nice locker mm-hmm. room. Um, you have better facilities, and they're not, they're still not like you know what I had had in America. But at this point, I was, it was just any improvement. I was like, hell yeah, let's 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 ride, let's do this. Sure. So. Um, so we actually ended up, we had a very good coach. He was a Spanish guy. This is where I learned a lot of, a lot about tactics and a lot about positioning, which I lack and things I didn't learn when I was growing up playing in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot about technique, um, or not tech tactics, um, how to play. And this coach was very, very good. Um, so we would have, we would have our trainings. They'd be very good in the best the team had finished was the spot above relegation. And we ended up with, I think with five games remaining, we were in first place. Um, yeah, it was, it was wow. a really, really crazy season. And by the third, fourth game, I, I became the captain of the team. Yes. Which wow. was, which was also pretty crazy. So then you know, we we end up we end up finishing third in the season. We kind of choked down the stretch, um, but then because I had had I had had a good season, and you know it was probably it was a pretty big thing that it was a first year American as the captain for a Finnish club. Um, mm-hmm. I had some pretty good eyes on me. I thought I would get a move up to the first league. It didn't work out that way. Um, and then it was it was in the off season where you know I didn't get the offers, and again it was like. Uh, it's like, well, why isn't this? Why isn't this happening? I just had a great season, all this stuff, and then I was like, okay, well, clearly there's 
clear there's there's something I'm not doing because if I was that good, there wouldn't even be a question. Like a team would, a team would take me. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so there still needs to be improvement. So then um, Haka came and offered me a contract in the off season, which was nice because then I didn't have to worry about a trial and all those things. Um, then this was this past season. I got to Haka, and within a month, I got named the, the captain of the club. Yeah, which was wow. which was also yeah again that was it was crazy it was crazy, um, and then this past season we had it was we had the most points ever for a for a club in in the second tier we yeah we so it was wow. twenty seven games we didn't lose until we won the league we won fifteen straight games at at one point um, I think we had twenty twenty four wins one loss and two draws or something like that. Um, and we got promoted. And wow. now that's that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, so a couple of questions for you. I'm, the first question is, you know, uh, obviously you were doing well in games when you were with mm-hmm. that third-tier club. Did you, did you know, you know, or did your agent, you know, kind of clue you in? I mean, obviously it's Europe, but did you ever think like, oh, it's the third league, people won't have eyes or – how did you kind of make your – did you have to make your own noise a little bit or were, were people, you know, asking about you? Was there media about you? What was going on to kind of, you know, yeah, quote, um, make your name? You know, like looking looking back at the time, I was thinking like, yeah, I'm playing well. People are going to see me. This will be this will be good. But uh, now when I'm like really realizing it, like there really weren't that many eyes on me. So – now, what was what was lucky is mm-hmm. that the the journalist in the area really liked me, so he would he would write about me in the newspaper, and that's where that's where Eighth kind of saw my name and knew I was a good player, basically. But um, mm-hmm. you know, and then my agent would have to reach out to clubs, and my coach liked me. He would reach out to clubs, things like that. Um, if I could if I could go back, I think like you said, I think I would probably make make more noise about myself, make my own noise, because. I think mm-hmm. I think especially when you're in the lower leagues, you have to do that. Especially, sure. especially like you know, in in Scandinavia, look, there's not as much money, so they have to be smart mm-hmm. about what they're doing. There's not many; they're not going around scouting and things like that. It's not like where they're sending out mm-hmm. sending out scouts to the lower leagues. Um, so in in one sense, I got pretty lucky. And I would probably, I would go back and make more noise for myself. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing too much on that end. I did make a highlight tape and things like that, that my agent could send out. But besides that, not too much, but I would recommend doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, kind of things happen indirectly. I mean, like I hear, you know, I'm sure, you know, I mean, the next question I want to ask, we'll, we'll follow up on this, but, you know, I'm sure you were a good leader. I'm sure you were positive. I'm sure you were making noise within the club and, and people liked you, especially your coach, your teammates and the board. And I think that's huge for like youngsters to hear, like, you know, um, sometimes all eyes might not be on you. You might not have a lot of fans in the stands, but if you have like a lot of good relationships from within the club, they can real and, and I think this is huge within football. Like the world, the football world is yeah. so small, 
And if you make a good name and you create a good reputation within the club, I'm sure that, you know, those guys within the club, you know, whether they get a call for about you or they have to make a call about you, I'm sure they'll be glad to do it if you oh, put God, the time yeah, yeah, in yeah, for yeah. them. That's it. I mean, that's what you said is so spot on. Like, if you're in any situation you're in, you need to sucking up isn't the isn't the isn't the right word, but you know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you need exactly. to you need to be a a coach's player. You need to grind. You need to work real hard. You need to have a good attitude. Um, mm-hmm. You know, be respectful to the people around you. Um, try to assimilate to the culture a little bit. Uh, it'll get get along with Absolutely. people. That's huge. Um, and you know, one of the, I think one of the easiest things to do is be a good teammate. Like just be a good person. And when you, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah be you, a good you guy. Take care of those things and people like you and you're doing the right things. It's like you said, if, if someone calls in, if someone were calling to my coach at that time, I'd be like, Hey, do you have any good players? He said, yeah, Jacob Bush is a good player. He's a good guy. You should bring him in which it it did it actually it did happen where a team in the first league called called in my coach and I was supposed to go on on trial to a to a team uh, ropes but then their then their coach got fired mm-hmm. um so that that fell through but it wow. it still all it still all worked out still worked out really well but you know because because I think I did things kind of the right way I think things Things worked out because people had my back. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That, that's huge. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it's not necessarily sucking up. But I think the thing is, I, I one of the things I always think about and I tell younger guys is, like, you know, you got to play. You know, it's a cliche saying, but you have to play on yes. for the name on the front of the jersey, not on the back. And I think that's all part of it. Like, when, when your coach and your teammates see how hard you really do grind daily in the trainings uh and even when you're doing individual work and uh not saying that you have to show people that but you know they, they can see you staying after training they can see you there before training you're coming up in the training you know you're sweating and they see you know you're not a player that should be in that league and uh i'm sure that they would be glad as well and i'm sure most of those guys are yeah exactly you're at where like, you're at um... now Hold on, lost my lost my train of thought for a second. <laughs> okay, but uh, no, bro. Yeah, it's 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 like you said, where you just have to you have to show up every single day, and you have to you have to work, you have to work, and it's about really the main thing is it's it's winning, you know. And if you and that's the that's the mm-hmm, thing that where sure. I've made my moves is that my teams have been winning. But the thing, like that's my that's my focus on every mm-hmm. single thing. It's not about how many great goals and assists and things can I get? It's can, can I make every single person around me better to win the game? So if that means I need to sprint back mm-hmm. 15 yards to cover my, cover my right back because he's a little out of position, I'll do it. If that means I need to make a 60, mm-hmm. 60 yard run up to the, from, you know, midfield to the box to, score a goal or maybe or if I'm just tracking a guy I'll do that and that's because I need my team to win all the time and then if you if you keep doing that and if you're willing to sacrifice yourself for all of your teammates around you 
they notice that. That doesn't go unnoticed. That doesn't go unnoticed by the by your teammates, for sure. your coaches, anybody. And then you you know you win. Mm-hmm. You're sacrificing. People are happy. People want you to do well, and that's exactly what what you're talking about. For sure. Absolutely. And that kind of answered my next question, but, you know, I think it's so important to be a leader and, and you're obviously, by the way, it sounds you're, you're a great leader. What are, what are some of the qualities you think um, really make, you know, a good leader and a good. Yeah. Captain? I think, I think so much more of it isn't, um, it's not what you say, but how you act, because if you just, if you just say all these um, mm-hmm. like leadership, cliches and things like that and then you don't act upon them then it, it honestly might even be worse you know because then then people think you're just full of crap so i think it's being good leaders it's showing up every single day and demanding the most from yourself first and then everybody else you know and it's it's wanting not just the the best for yourself but wanting the best for all of your teammates around you and if you really do feel that way, if you really do have that mm-hmm. that passion to to want to help help other people, it shows. Um, and then you know it's it's Absolutely. it's having it's having a good attitude, not just when things are going well, but when things are going bad, and it, and it's showing up every single day, mm-hmm. and it's being very consistent. I think that I think that's what makes a good leader, man. Absolutely, man. Very well said. Uh, you know, now that we kind of went over that and we're at, we're basically where you're at now at Hakka, can you just go over kind of a typical day in the life? Mm-hmm. Uh, what time you wake up and eat breakfast? Uh, training, yeah. So, like that. um, I get up at about six forty or six forty-five every morning. Um, cause I like to get in a, mm-hmm. get in a good breakfast, have time to, for myself to do some, do some things mentally. Um, you know, get, get ready for the day. And then about eight fifteen or so eight ten eight fifteen, I'm, I'm out the door and I walk to training. Uh, it's about 15, 20 minute walk. And then I'm there at eight thirty every morning. Um, our training starts at 10. I like to get there a pretty good, pretty good amount of time before training. Um, then get ready. And then I do different, like, it's kind of a combination of like strength, stability, um, and injury prevention, kind of those things for a good hour, 15, hour, 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, and then go out wow. 10 is when our training starts. And then let's say training is 10 to 1130 ish, called 1130. Um, then right after that, I kind of go mm-hmm. in and luckily we have, you know, now it's a pretty, a, a little bit of a nicer club. So we got it. We got a sauna, the sauna in our place. Um, so I just hit a, just, a, oh, uh, just a mean sauna session, nothing like <laughs> a good, a good, good 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30. If I'm, if I'm really feeling it. Yeah. Love it. Just love it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Dude, there's not, there's nothing like it. Oh, I swear the sauna I, is one of my I, favorite I, things. When I do. first came to Finland, I did not like it. I couldn't stand it, but now I'm just, I'm all about it, man. I'm all about it. <laughs> it's great. For sure, for oh, sure. Especially when you're in there with the boys cracking jokes, and then you know, maybe mm-hmm, after a match, mm-hmm. you bring a it's couple per, of beers in there, you're chilling. All that stuff, like you said, oh, I love it. Um, absolutely, man. So breakfast. So what? What do you usually have for breakfast? I'm going cereal, 
blueberries, granola, banana, and then with uh with oat milk because cause dairy it kind of it kind of messes with my stomach a little bit. So the oat milk kind of makes mm-hmm. it doable for me, and then I have two cups of coffee, and then I am then I'm ready to roll, man. Wow. Oh yeah. So you go you go finish no, black coffee or add black. some uh, oat milk to that as well. Ah, okay. And then I add a little. Love that. Love yeah, that. Yeah. I think it's How's the coffee over there? Is it strong? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sweden, it's like motor oil. It's real. It's like thick. I think it depends know? who's. I think it depends who's making that cup of coffee. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so, man. I guess so. <laughs> Uh, if you could, you know, kind of run us through what type of things you usually do um, for, you know, your injury prevention and your stability work. You, so you know, what do you really usually first, focus like, on? 10, 15 minutes, I would say. I'm just doing, I'm just stretching out and kind of getting, kind of getting the muscles going. And then mm-hmm. for the next, however, however long, I, I, I don't know how long the minutes are, but essentially I do this set of four. That's like a hip mobility thing. Um, and then I go into hamstring curls, then another, I don't know what she would call it. Um, it's another hamstring exercise. And then last thing I do is some balance for like ankles and things like that. And I'll run through, I'll run through that three times Mm -hmm. and then I'll do some core for, you know, 10 minutes, something like that. Um, and then I go through a bunch of band mm-hmm. exercises, which ends up being about six or seven different exercises, something like that. And then run through those three times. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, if I have a little bit of time, I'll do some foam rolling and things like that. But by then, you know, I'm I'm pretty much ready to roll for practice and warm up is just like extra. Mm-hmm. But I'm already I'm re- I'm ready to rock. For sure, for sure, man. What what type of banded stuff you doing? You know, for yeah, the ankles. So, uh, so band, I'm usually doing like you know, like that. The, the good old like uh, have it around your ankles, sideways, down with the, down with the squat, mm-hmm. back up, hit that, and then you do the got a lunge one, mm-hmm. um, then put it around, and then hit things for your hips. There's two three there, uh, and then yeah, mm-hmm. do the ankles a little bit, and then. Um, do a little bit of it's like this. I mean, what would you call it? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit of a yoga thing where you know, down dog that thing, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um, yeah, okay. and then run through that three times. But it's it's really just keeping the the glutes, hips, quads, that area just really firing. For sure, man. For sure. So, how often do you do, you do that? Day. Yeah, you doing that every day? Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. So, sorry to cut you off. Like you said, after the after the sauna, what do you kind of what do you? What's the rest of the day looking like? I know that's that's a real real recharge. And so then, relaxation. I, so then, wow. you know, as the team, we we go out and grab lunch together. A good. Um, so then I'm back home That's after old. lunch around two or so, and then I am resting for mm-hmm. a little bit, like hour, hour and a half, just chilling. And then probably when four mm-hmm. o'clock hits, four thirty around there, um, two or three of those days, I'm watching film, whether it's 
you know, reviewing the match from the weekend or the opponent that we're about Mm -hmm. to play. I usually like watching them play at least once, if not twice during that week. Um, And the entire time I'm, I'm taking notes on the, the whole thing. um, Cause I'm really trying to do, do, do little things that other people aren't doing basically. And I know, you know, I know not only are my teammates not doing that, but I know a lot of my opponents aren't doing that. So if I can have this little edge, on really critiquing myself and mm-hmm. then really knowing what my opponents are going to maybe be doing on the weekend a little bit better than they know what I'm going to be doing, then I have an advantage. Um, so I'll, I'll do that, really do some analyzing. And then when that's done, um, two, three days a week, I do coaching for the club on the youth side. Um, mm-hmm. And then I try to, you know, get a dinner in around like seven, then at eight, I'm either doing yoga for most of the time I try to do yoga, but sometimes I'm feeling a little lazy and I'll just do some stretching and foam rolling and things like that. But again, trying to do more mobility stuff and things like that. And then I'm, then I'm off the bed around, you know, 10 or 11. Awesome, man. Awesome. So what type of lunch types is of pretty much whatever, lunch and dinner? whatever this, uh, you know, have, are you familiar with how they do? How they'll do lunch places over in Finland. Oh, the buffet stuff. Out of here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get mean, out of here. On real buffets? Yo, the, wow. The biggest mistake they've ever made by letting an American yeah. get a buffet out here. <laughs> they should They should not let it in. The <laughs> exactly, <door>. man. Exactly. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You got to get your money's worth. Yeah. So the first, but I do the first plate because they always do have a nice lineup of vegetables. So I'll just do one plate that's just pure vegetables and salad and all that kind of stuff hit that plate up and then I go to whatever, mm-hmm. the, pretty much whatever they have for the, for the main course. Usually it's some good, like, um, you know, rice, chicken, things like that. Um, yeah. And then, mm-hmm. then for dinner, I try to keep it really basic. Just, just, you know, vegetables, chicken, rice, you know, th- th- things like that. Try to, mm-hmm. try to keep it pretty mm-hmm. basic and just try to keep, keep the, the best I can, the bad crap out of me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Being over in Finland, you know, there are some great bakeries. You got any, you know, cheap meals absolutely. or cheap well, snacks you like to add in sometimes? So I knew, so I knew, like, uh, <laughs> I do have some great bakeries and stuff like that. So I knew eventually, I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta stop eating this crap because the sh- the sugar is the stuff that kicks your ass, honestly. So, so I was like, all right, the only course, time I'm ever cool. gonna get some like candy or whatever they have these like donut things uh I was like, if we win i'll get one of those one of those guys mm-hmm. Pro- problem was we just kept winning last week so Absolutely. i was just crushing those <laughs> last year i mean so i was just crushing those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you deserve it though man you deserve it man it's crazy in scandinavia how they, they really love their candy you know like they have that um you know, those, oh those things where you can just uh, scoop it into the bag. The I know the kids love it over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's fantastic. It's just, but it's so yeah, tough like, walking wow. by it every single time. I have to avoid that. I, I just got to avoid it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. Exactly. Like you said, you know, you do the rehab. Do you do any additional, you know, uh, gym work? You know, I always – it really stuff, does change uh, year to season? year because I'm always trying to tinker it like uh, – Figuring figuring out what works for me now. One of one of the issues mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's a it's a good issue, so I don't want to complain about it too much. But sometimes, you know, I can get a little too big sometimes if I if I lift. And you know, I'm trying. I'm playing box to box midfielder, so I have to be able to run. So I'm trying to I'm trying to keep pretty slim. So I'm not really lifting too many weights. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing mostly, you know, the stuff I do in the morning mm-hmm. really makes up for a lot of uh extra gym work I need to do especially especially for my legs. Um and then if I'm doing arms, I'm pretty much only trying to do like push-ups and things like that, but then really really doing a lot for my core. Mm-hmm. But gym no, I'll go to the gym for sure. You- at the, at this point probably, you know, maybe once a week extra, but really I just you know, I'm, I might I might be changing mm-hmm. my mind at some point, but right now it just it doesn't feel right for my body. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the most important things you know, is finding out what works for you. Who, they go to the gym all the time and they're absolute killers, and it's the way it way it works for them. But for right now, for me at, at this point in my career, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I don't think it benefits me. Absolutely. And then also, I mean, right now in, in, in Finland, you know, in Scandinavia, <laughs> you don't need to be taking the shirt off. But oh, well, when I, it comes summertime, when, when maybe summertime you'll be doing more around, curls with the girls. Huh? a couple dumbbells. <laughs> curls on my own. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, in addition uh, so to your meals, like you take basic, any, uh, uh, any supplements? Multivitamin. Um, and then especially right now I take a vitamin D pill mm-hmm. because, you know, the winter, there are no, there's no sun. It's crazy for sure. Um, and then with my coffee oh, every yeah. morning, I crazy. take this, it's a, uh, are you familiar with like any of these like mushroom mixes, like lion's mane and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause... Yeah, absolutely. What's that? For sure. For Sigmatic or? Ooh, yeah. Well, I've tried a different because uh, it's, it's relatively new when I've started doing it um, last six months. So I've kind of been um, switching back and forth through. But right now, I do have a Four Sigmatic one. I like it. Um, but it really because yeah, yeah. So are you, what lines? So obviously, you're familiar with Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, they had he was like the mushroom expert, Paul Stamets, and he was on there talking. Yeah, and he was talking about it, um, and he was saying all these <laughs> all the benefits that he thinks it would have for uh, people that could potentially have CTE um, and things like that. Um, and I've had a few concussions, and I'm mm-hmm. a little worried about it. Um, so I was like, "Hey, I'll I'll look into it. It can't hurt." So mm-hmm. I think it's been honestly, it's been what I've really noticed is like just just focus and things like that since I've been taking it have really been. I think they've really improved and. Really? You know, it could be placebo, but I'm down with placebos. <laughs> of course, man. Mm-hmm. Of course. Just it's, so, it's so you the, take it like once a, a day? It's like a powder you put into a uh, into your coffee. Awesome. And yeah, I mean it's easy and I think it's I think it's helping out a lot. For sure, man. Yeah, every little, every little detail. Absolutely, you know, absolutely, and especially when it's out just a little. Especially, bit. I think when it's on the mental side, um, I think that makes such a drastic improvement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
just like we talked about in the beginning with the compound effect, I think that's so huge in everything you do. Like if you add, you know, obviously the most important thing mm-hmm. is to have, you know, a, a whole nutrient dense diet. But if you can, if you can add, you know, a simple supplement like you did and uh, whether it's placebo or not, you see a, an increase in focus and concentration. <clears throat> then you look at your trainings and, you know, you're training 10% harder, 15% harder every single day. Exactly. You know, exactly. what's that going to add up on. to at yeah, the end I mean, of just, the year? You know what I mean? If you, if you would just add even just, like you said, just 1% every single day, the things add up. So. Absolutely. That's what's so, you know, so interesting about, you know, football and just the human body, just every oh, little God. thing you yeah, do yeah, yeah, can yeah, yeah. impact just, you positively or negatively. You know, it's like you said, where it's, yeah, it's it's about adding adding little things, but it's also about just saying no to some things, you know. Yeah, I think that's one of the one of the biggest for sure for biggest sure. things is not almost it's not what you do, but it's what you don't do. I think is one of the big yeah yeah of course. Mm-hmm. No, that's huge, man. So, so from a recovery standpoint, I know you were saying you do uh, some yoga, things like that. Uh, any other, you know, methods you do? I know you said you do foam rolling. You do you experiment with any, you know, deep tissue massage, yeah, ice so, baths, any meditation, yeah, deep breathing, so anything else did. to help you recover better? The guy comes in and we'll do massages once a week, which I think that helps me a bunch. Um, yeah, deep tissue massages. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um then there's usually two times a week where I'll go, we put the, we put an ice bath like right in front of our sauna. So I'll just go, you know, 10 minutes in the ice, 10 minutes sauna, 10 minutes in the ice, 10 minutes in the sauna. I'll usually do that, you know, two, three times a week as well. And I think, you know, I think the, the contrast, what I've, what I've seen in a mm-hmm. lot of things, it helps out. And I think it, I think it helps me. Um, yeah. Again, like you said, yoga at night, I try to do some foam rolling as mm-hmm. well. And then when it comes to meditation, I usually, I wouldn't say it's so much of a recovery thing, but I usually do a good five, 10 minutes in the first thing I do right when I wake up in the morning, try to hit some of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. No. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think consciously working on your breathing, whether it's, you know, it, it doesn't even need to be meditation. It's just, that's just a fancy word, but I think just being able to consciously work on your breathing and being in tune with your body really helps you, you know, subconsciously. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that's like, that's, a, that's one of the things that, you know, when you start doing, when I've started doing yoga, first it was just all about, because I wanted to get a bit more flexible. My hips were always really stiff like that. And yes, I have benefited from that. But then, mm-hmm. you know, the thing I didn't expect um, that I've gotten to benefit from was, like you were talking about where the, one of the big concentrations is, you know, breathing during all these, like, uh, these tough positions and doing it in a rhythm and all these things. And all of a sudden at the end of it, you're like, Holy crap, I feel Mm -hmm. very clear. Like you just, you feel more relaxed. You feel and you know, that is the breathing and things that you're talking about where maybe, you know, I think some people hear that and they think it sounds a little woo woo and they, they roll their eyes. But I mean, it's just, I think if you, I think if you gave it a mm-hmm. shot and you give it a consistent go at it, I think you would, I think anybody would see the benefits of it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. 
So when you do the yoga, are you, are you following along? You know, you're doing uh, yoga with Adrian. Um, she's like my second girlfriend at this point. Oh, with that oh she's too. unreal. She's unreal, man. <laughs> she does. She does. I mean, she does a great job. And you, get, and you know, sometimes you, you know you can hit yeah, like a wow, nice. Man. She has some videos that are like 50 minutes. If I'm like really, and sometimes you know, and I'm like, man, I am just. I'm mm-hmm. tired today. Like, I don't want to do too much. And she has, like, you know, 20, 30-minute ones. So, it's a, I think she does a great job with it. And, you know, it's helped me a lot. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, just coming to the last bits of the convo, got, I think, two or three more questions. Um, I know this is a tough one, but I think it's, you know, we were talking about in the beginning of the convo about ups and downs. And uh, it's a tough one to answer, but I think it's great for young youngsters to hear. And I think a lot of people go through it and they have the thoughts. Were there any times, you know, in your career that you thought about hanging up the boots? Yeah. Um, if so, you know, what made you keep you going? Know, honestly, there were no times where I was like, you know, I need to, I need to move on from my career and look into something else because I was always very confident in my abilities. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't so much as, yeah, I was confident in who mm-hmm. I was, but I was more, I've always been more confident on who I think I can be. Um, so I knew, I knew that if I put in the work that, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm that. still on the process, you know, just because I'm at, I'm in the first league now, I think there's still so much room for me. Um, and that growth mindset, I mean, I think it's, I think it's huge. I mean, it, just the difference between a growth and a Absolutely. fixed mindset so and much, always wanting you know, more just I've looked, I've is huge. So many different things and listen to so many people talk and, you know, it's not about, and I think there's, there's, there's one, the way people phrase it, which I think, you know, it really hits for me where it's like, there's not like this final, this final destination that you're, that you're going for here. It's not like, you know, if I, mm-hmm if my only goal was to, to make the first league in Finland, then all of a sudden I'm 27 and I hit it. Then it's like, well, well now what, you know, at the, at this point in the way I'm viewing it is, is let's, mm-hmm. let's see how far I can take this thing. Let's, let's see how far I can really push it. Let's see what I'm actually capable of. Um, there, there's not, there's not a, there's not an end goal. There's not, if I make it, there's not, if I make it mm-hmm. to MLS, then I'll be happy. There's not whatever. For it's sure. Just, enjoy the ride enjoy getting better every single day and you know just just do it because it's you love it and it's a great time mm-hmm. yeah you just actually brought me back because in the beginning of the conversation i remember i had said i wanted to touch on two points and i touched on one but the second one i forgot but what you just said really brings me back uh to what you said in the beginning about how, you know, I think in today's day and age, in whatever it is, like, you know, people want you to conform to society. And then, you know, in, in, in terms of football terms, like people say, oh, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're 28 right now, you're 29, you know, you're almost done. But for me, it's like, okay, I always talk about this with, with, with podcast guests. And then, you know, my friends in person, it's like, you know, a guy like Wayne Rooney, that guy's been playing first team football since the age of, you know, 16 and the amount of stress and on his joints and his mind he has had mm-hmm. compared to guys, you know, like us coming into the game later, 
is just so much different. And then, you know, if you're really disciplined and dedicated, like you absolutely are, and anyone listening to this podcast, you know, there is no, like you said, just like with no. the end destination, there is no end aim. No, no, no. Like, you're the one that exactly. has to decide. I mean, I think it's no I one think else. That's such a good point. Everybody's, you know, the wear and tear in your body, it's going to be so much different from person to person. And, and like you said, there's not, you know, people always talk about mm-hmm. like the prime of a person, like when, you know, when the, when they're going to be their best, when you're done developing, exactly. I don't think they're. I don't think there is a time. And I think, I think if you were to really like watch me play from, you know, from point to point to point in my career, you'd be like, Oh wow. He has gotten substantially better from the time he was 24 to 27. And that's, you know, usually people are saying your, your technique is supposed to be maxed out when you're 18 to 20 or whatever. Some, some top end coaches will say, and I just don't think that's true at all. I think you don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I, Obviously, yeah, mm-hmm. listen, you listen to some people because they've been through a lot of experience and stuff like that. But to a certain extent, you have to say, all right, screw you, man. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to show you that I can't. Prove. And yeah, maybe it's going to be harder for if you're 25 or 26 mm-hmm. to improve your technique compared to a 16 year old. But you can. Do it. You just have to bust your ass. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Yeah, man, that's a great point. And um, yeah, just like you said, I mean, I, I even remember sitting in uh, sitting in a meeting at a, at a development academy uh, when I was 14. And this guy, you know, this coach who thought he was some top end, you know, UEFA, a big, big time guy saying that <laughs> you can't develop technique after the age of 13. And I was just sitting there and I was like, dude, this is fucking bullshit, man, you know? Excuse my language, but that just pisses me off. Like it's, it's like, dude, no, you're just lazy and you don't want to cover those topics. You probably no, just want to be it, an ego like and teach your your yeah, your football, the, your tactics. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think there's 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 always room to, yeah. to improve the technique and all that stuff. And you know, I think I love uh, there. There's a story. I'm obviously you're familiar with David Goggins. I love that guy. Uh, He's no, he's like maybe my, he's he's like maybe my favorite freak person. that dude <laughs> um but yeah he has this story where he's where he's like it was him and like yeah. some panel of like experts or whatever and he's talking and uh you know the guy starts saying what what you're capable oh, yeah. of and what you're not capable of <laughs> genetically and stuff like that and he just straight up he's like that's bullshit like you're <laughs> i know i'm you're a theorist i'm a practitioner and that was always the yeah. favorite thing is don't be a theorist, be a practitioner, yeah. figure out what you can do, push things, yeah. push the envelope, and just keep busting your. Absolute. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, the reason I'm cracking up is because I remember him talking about this with Rogan. Um, and, and, and Goggin started going into it, and Rogan's like, oh, is he some scrawny ass professor with a, yeah. with a fucking beer belly? You know? oh man it's 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 true man like these guys that want to read books oh this is his ceiling this is his potential like bro have you ever been in a guy's shoes it's like what you're saying man people are people are capable of a lot of crap man and it's just it's what you're willing to do and what you're willing to push yourself through and see what you can max yourself out at man absolutely absolutely man absolutely 
Next question, I think is my favorite one I ask guests. If, if you could go back to yourself at any age you wanted to and give yourself this wisdom that you have right now. Yeah, see, been, what age would you go you know, to and I've what heard, would you I've tell yourself? I've listened to a few of your podcasts now and you, you do an awesome job. And I, so I've heard, this, I've heard this question a few times and I've, and I've thought about it, like how I would, how I would say this for myself. And it, it is, it's really yeah. tough because it's without like the crap I went through and like the – the things I didn't know, I don't think there's any way for me to be at this point. Um, I think I needed some of those, some of those bad things to happen to me to maybe kick myself in Mm -hmm. the ass. But then also it put me into situations where, um, that I would, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have had if I had the, if I had the prior knowledge. Uh, I don't think, I don't think if I had some of this prior knowledge, would I have ended up being Mm -hmm. a captain on three different professional teams. I don't know. I don't, I, I, by the time I'm 27, I don't think that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, so it's really hard to say. Absolutely. I, I kind of knew this was going to be your answer, to be honest, by the way the conversation was flowing. It's, it's one of my favorite answers that I think only a couple guests have given. And it's one that I would, I would answer as well. It's like, you know, I wouldn't change anything because like you said, uh, with the, with the practitioner. Absolutely. And, the theorists, and it's, it's like, like, and like, even the best way to learn, even if someone experience. were to come in those times and tell me it, I'm not sure if I would, I wouldn't have got it. I wouldn't have got it the way I get it now because I went through it and I came out the other side, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and there's still, there's still obviously work to do the, the, the one, the one absolutely. small thing that I would maybe say to myself is maybe, you know, when I, when I wasn't playing, or things like that is like, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. Just show up and do do what you can in your next moment. But even then, I'm not even sure if that would have even made sense to me at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think you just need to go through the crap. You need to um, analyze why you went through the crap, basically. And then what you can do to get it throughout the other side. And always look at what I mm-hmm. what can I do. And then do it. Absolutely. For sure. No, and, and I think, um, you know, just like you said, I mean, it was the same thing with me. Like, I, you know, I, you know, I have guys right now who I live mm-hmm. with who are 20 and 21 yeah, yeah. and I'm 25. So they kind of make me feel young again. Not that I'm an old guy or anything, but I, I kind of like some of the advice that I give them uh, in terms of like listening to the body and not overtraining and doing too much. Yeah. Uh, it's something that yeah. someone had always, you know, my some guy would always tell me and I would never listen to it. I would just be like, you know, screw this. I can do it. And then when I started to get these nagging injuries and things like that, I kind of changed it up. And this is kind of what I try to tell them. And when I don't when they don't listen to me, it kind of gets me frustrated. But it's like, you know, Eric, think back to the times, you know, when, when exactly, you know, your boy exactly, told you not right. to I mean, do things and you exactly. would still learn, do it. You, learn, you know, you learn through, through doing. doing things. And it was like, you know, when I was when I was all growing up, my diet was trash. And, you know, I wasn't. And then all of a sudden I was like, huh, well, maybe if we fix up my diet mm-hmm. a little bit, maybe I'll be able to perform better on the field. And then all of a sudden, you know, start eating healthier. And then I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it was, but it was something that I needed to suffer yeah, for it magic. to be like okay well i can fix this and then you fix it and then you realize the benefits and then you're like oh crap i'm i'm happy i actually learned that yeah absolutely man 
Absolutely. Yeah, just to finish off, I mean, it's been an unbelievable conversation. Um, real smooth, real, you know, real f- great convo. If you can just, you know, kind of sum up, you know, I, I think we've dropped so much great stuff. I mean, you've dropped so much great advice for guys listening, whatever age they are, and girls listening. If you could just offer, you know, two to three pieces of your best advice to a young footballer, you know, looking to get to the next level, looking to sign his or her mm. first professional say, contract, what would it be? You know, always, always look to do more than the people around you. You know, if you, if you really, if you really want to, if you really want to stand out, you have to do, you have to do extra things and things that people are not willing to do around your team. So it was just like what I said with like, uh, with like the, with like the film I do. It's just, 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 just a, just a really small example where I know the people around me are not doing. That. Yeah. I love that. So I'm like, okay, well, boom, there's my, there can be my advantage. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's no, tedious no, no, no. work, exactly. you know, that's exactly. real, it's, you know, it's, it's not tedious, the most like, fun thing to thing. do, but it what makes really it worth it is you. where I can like, where I watch an opponent and then I'm like, okay, when he gets a ball from an outside back, he's constantly turning over his left shoulder. I can read that and pick that off and score a goal. And then if I, if I, and if I get into a situation and mm-hmm. I read that because I saw it and I pick For off sure. that pass when he turns and then we go and create a chance off of it, that feels fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, so it's all about doing, you know, do find, find things that people For aren't sure, willing man. to do and then do them. And then you'll, you'll have a niche. Um, and then the, the second thing I would say is, you know, it was, it was again, like kind of mm-hmm. what we talked about where it's, it's not being a suck up, but it's being a coach's player. Cause at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, you may not like it. It may not be right, but a mm-hmm. coach controls so much of your, so much of your career, whether they play you or not. So you need to find, you need to be a person that they, sure. they want to play you. They want to find reasons to play you, not the opposite. If you come in with a bad attitude and you don't work, if you don't track back in, in practices, a coach doesn't want to play. You know, a coach doesn't, a coach doesn't want someone who's going to be lazy or who's going to, mm-hmm. you know, scream at his teammates anytime they make a mistake or get down on themselves. They want a person who's going to bust their ass all the time, who wants to win at all costs, who wants to do all these little things. So think about the, when you think of a, a coach's mm-hmm. dream, Think about that player and try to be that player. That's what I would say. Absolutely love that. Yeah. No, man. I mean, those are two excellent pieces of advice. And yeah, like absolutely. I said, Thanks man, for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to come on. It's, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, man. Absolutely, man. Um, if guys want to reach say, out to you, ask you some questions, you know, where's you the best way to, to reach Instagram you? or Twitter? Um, I, I try to, I try to keep Instagram off my phone too much so I don't mm-hmm. suck my time up a little bit. To be um, I know, I know it's a good tool for a lot of people, but um, for sure, man. I'll usually check it every now and then. Um, so either Instagram or Twitter, and that would be at J Bushu. So B U S H U E. 17. Yep. Perfect. I'll put that in the description. Oh, absolutely. 
All right, man. So great to talk. I'm sure we'll meet sometime soon. Fantastic. You know, hit a sauna, grab a couple beers, chill out. Hey, you too. Right, Good luck man. with everything. Have a great rest of the night and uh, great rest of the season. Thanks so much for taking your time to tune into this episode of the Footballer's Journey podcast. Really appreciate your support. Really appreciate all your interest, all your questions that I get. As you know, I'm always here to help. I really, really enjoyed this podcast. Really enjoyed talking to Jacob. I learned a lot. I'm sure you did as well. Most important thing is to take everything you learned from this episode and really apply it to your life. Don't just listen. You need to apply. Because if you listen and you don't apply, there's no reason for even listening to the podcast. So if you didn't take valuable nuggets out of it, I'd re-listen to it, get your notepad out, and jot down some notes. Once you start applying these things to your life, your football is going to change, your life is going to change, and your whole perspective and mindset will change. Once again, I really appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, if you enjoy the podcast, I would really appreciate a review. Helps the podcast grow in the App Store, essentially helping more people on their journey to become a better footballer and a better human. Have a good rest of the weekend. Peace.